Hey, welcome again to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. We are glad that you're here checking out the Devo today. Patrick, where are we? Today, we are jumping right back into Matthew studying the parables as we have been for the past few weeks. We're going to check out Matthew 22 today. Excuse me. All right. We're going to check out Matthew 21 today. Uh, So Matthew 21. And we're going to check out a parable called the parable of the two tenants. Tenants. Yes. The parable, the parable of the tenants. We're going to start at verse 33 and we're going to go through verse 46. All right. We're doing a big chunk. You want me to read it, Pat? Go ahead and read it. Start at verse 33. Here we go. Here we go. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And isn't the Bible amazing that there's stories like this in it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, and again, it is a parable. It's one of those where you're like, man, if this was like a real story of like something that really happened, it would be pretty crazy. But uh, (laughs) now that it's... Yeah, now it's it's a it's a parable, which is kind of even makes it crazier that this was like in Jesus' mind, right? right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus is like, I I'm going to tell you guys a little story I made up here. Uh, it's going to involve some murder and some property issues, uh, and it's also going to be an insult to people who are listening to it. <laughs> now, I I'm not a very good storyteller, like make up a story and s- say it, uh, but I feel like. I wonder if Jesus thought about this in advanced, you know, if he oh, was like yeah, sitting yeah. there like, Oh, you know, I want to tell these people this idea and I, I'm, I don't want to tell them outright and direct cause I don't want them to just, it just to go in one ear and out the other. I wonder if he right, sat right. and thought about this for a little bit and then uh, told them, or if this was like a, like a spur of the moment kind of thing for Jesus. I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, that is, that's a good point, man. I wonder, like, was this something that he just like kind of off the cuff was saying, or, or was this actually him, 
uh, preparing, like he prepared this statement to make yeah. and said, listen to another parable. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I do right. feel like, you know, it was very effective him saying parables because we've gone through a couple of them already. And I can remember the, the parables pretty well, just from memory. And then from that, I can remember what Jesus was trying to say, but I feel like I would not remember what Jesus was trying to tell us the point of the parables. If he just outright said it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can't even remember d- devotionals that we did like last month, but I can remember the parables. So it's kind of like if you're trying to remember someone's name, yeah. it's always good to like have an extra idea about them. That's like helpful. So like maybe, you know, their nickname and that'll help you know them or, you know, like one extra thing about them. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a parables like that. It's like an extra little bit that you can remember. So that's a good point, man. Yeah. Um, I like this parable. This parable is a little like kind of brutal. Yeah. Kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive into this parable kind of chunk by chunk. Let's take that first yeah. chunk, verses 33 and 34. Jesus is, just starts off by describing uh, a vineyard that someone owns, and the guy seemed he like he wanted to kind of protect it a little bit, built a wall, yeah. dug a wine press, and built a watchtower. It's starting to sound like a fortress. <laughs> and then he rented yeah. the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. And when the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. Now, I'm I'm thinking that this would actually be something that people would would know about. Like people would understand this because, you know, back then being a farmer uh, was kind of like everyone's job. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like most people had some something going on in, in being a farmer. And to be a farmer, you had to own land. Right. Um, unless you were a tenant farmer, like like the bad people in this story are, you would own land and then you'd have to set up the farm. Yeah. And so he he does all the work. Like he plants the vineyard. Mm. Now, if you plant a vineyard, it takes a while before you can actually ever harvest fruit. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't just plant grapevines and have them produce like amazing stuff right away. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know how long it takes. I don't know if it's, if it takes a couple years or, you know, maybe in some cases longer, I don't know. Well, but it took time. Yeah. I, I don't know about grapes that you would eat, but I do know like vineyards and grapes that you would use for a wine that takes about three d- crops before the grapes wow. are actually a good quality and actually can be used for something. Wow. Three crops, however long that is. Oh yeah. I just Googled it's it. It's about three Generally years. Speaking, a grapevine growing in your backyard could take three years to produce a good crop of viable grapes. Yeah. Okay. So this guy has invested you know, three years and in, in just planting the vineyard. He does a couple things too. He puts a wall around it. Why would you put a wall around it? Multiple reasons. Animals, people, yes. thieves. <laughs> Animals, people, thieves. Also just to kind of designate that this is yours. It's not someone else's. Uh, you know, th- these are like, it's, it's protection. Um, in a wall back then, if you think about it, walls were not like barbed wire fence. Walls back then were just stones. So you'd like climb around the fields, you find whatever stones you could find and you'd start putting them in a pile right. until you had a wall. Right. And so to build a wall was like pretty brutal exercise. It was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing he did is he built, a, he dug a wine press. So a wine press, this is like the industry here. 
uh, to make some wine, and this would be like the factory. You know, this mm. is where you would you would press all the wine or all the grapes into wine. That's important. Yeah. And then he also builds the watchtower, which is security. So this guy's taking care of the plants themselves. He's cap- taking care of security. He's taking care of you know watching out for animals that are going to eat the food or eat the grapes. He's he's taking care of everything, right? Yeah, it's all in one rental. It's all there. That's right. Yeah, you don't have like it's kind of like, I mean, you think about it. This is not. Uh, this is like a great deal for these tenants. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to do all this work. They can just come in there and, you know, do their deal. So verse 34, right? When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect fruit. So he rents it out to these people. And then he sends his people like, okay, go, go collect my portion. Right. Now, I don't know how much that would be. It's like the rent. Yeah. It's like, hey, come collect rent. He's not taking rent every month. He's taking rent at the right time. And the right time is when the harvest happens. So. Harvest comes around, all the grapes are there, all the wine's been pressed or whatever is going on. And, and he sends his people and say, okay, you know, you made a bunch of money off of my land, my grapes, with my wall, with my wine press, with my watchtower. Um, we're here, here to collect our part. And the tenants uh, super disagree with that. <laughs> it says 35, the tenant seized his servants and beat one killed another and stoned a third gruesome and then yeah. and then the, the landowner sent more tenants and the same thing happened and so then the landowner thought well you know maybe i'll send my son thinking they will respect him they know who he is or maybe know who he is but at least maybe has the same name has a little more a little more status with it and uh the tenants saw the son and w- did not do what the landowner thought. <laughs> the tenant said, oh man, if we kill him and then the landowner dies, he doesn't have any other sons. We're going to get all this land because we're here. <laughs> it won't It won't go anywhere else. It'll be ours. Gruesome. It, and it's crazy, right? Because, you know, it kind of ratchets up. It starts with a servant and, you know, there's multiple servants and they just beat one up. They just, they kill another one, which, you know, that's terrible. Uh, And then they stone a third one, which is killing them by throwing rocks at them until they're dead, Mm -hmm. which is an even more brutal way to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then finally they kill this guy's son, right? Yeah. Um, And the whole time their logic is completely flawed. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, like what, like, what are they thinking? Like, how is, how in the, in what world can you just do that? Right. Well, they're being incredibly greedy. They don't want to share what, in theory, is not even theirs. They don't. <laughs> right. They don't want to share with the the landowner. <laughs> so they're breaking their own covenant that they have with the landowner. Right. They're breaking that. They're also breaking just the rules of of the land. You can't do this kind of thing. Um, and back then, the way justice and stuff would work at least kind of maybe even further back than when Jesus was telling this is the people really had to stand up. So it was like a group of people would make decisions about uh, how something would go down. Mm -hmm. So you didn't really call the cops, but what you could do is you could have a complaint. You could go to like the town gates and talk to the elders of the city and say, Hey, look, these, this guy's like killed my servants. He's done, you know, all this bad stuff. Like, we need justice. And then all the people would be like, yeah, that's not right. We're going to take care of this. And so 
And so when we see this, it, people, I think, in their minds could envision this, and they're starting to get fired up as Jesus <laughs> is telling the story. Right? Yeah, I was just about to say the people listening, they're probably the tensions are high. They're probably getting a little angry. They're probably again maybe loud. You know how sometimes crowds when they're getting getting wound up, they get loud, and so yeah. it's like right at the the pinnacle of this story. The sun is dead. The the servants are dead. Jesus asked the crowd a question. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And, and I feel like it, the, the gut reaction of all of the anger emotions that are running is the people replied, he will bring those wrenches to a wrenched end and he will rent the vineyard vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop crop at harvest time. They're just like heated. They're like, oh, this guy is just going to drop the hammer on, on these tenants and show them what's up. They're going to get evicted and everything. And Jesus was like, well, actually, you must have never read scriptures. <laughs> Verse 42. Yeah. Maybe you've never read the scriptures. Yeah. Like he's getting super heated, you know, bring those wretches to and wretched end. I looked up that word because it's weird. Yeah. And it's, it's. It's uh, kakas, like kaka. Oh, oh. <laughs> and it means bad. Oh, nice. <laughs> right. So it's like, here's these bad, bad baddies doing bad things. <laughs> yeah. He's going to bring them to a bad end because they're bad. Um, lots of bad going on in here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, a cra- it's crazy to me too that, you know, these people, like you said, they're getting heated up, they're getting fired up. They're like, yeah, like we know the right thing. We know justice. And then Jesus like drops his truth bomb on them. Yeah, right. He says, have you never read in the scriptures? And this quote that Jesus does here is from Psalm 118 verses 22 and 23. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Oh, there's a question after that. <laughs> yeah, no, there is. There's a question mark in there. And it's marvelous in our eyes? Well, I think it's that's after... How I, that's how I make a question mark. I think mark. it's after the, the quote. I think Jesus is kind of saying, haven't you read oh, this in the yeah, scriptures? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of You're the right. end of the question. But in my Bible, it put the little footnote letter in between the two quotes. <laughs> so it was like really hard. And then the question mark, really weird, really weird. Yeah. Yep. I see what you're saying. But Jesus is asking the crowd, have you ever read or read or studied this part in scripture? Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of, you know, mellowed out the crowd, diffused the crowd a little bit. They're probably like, wait, what? I'm kind of even like, like, wait, what? <laughs> they're like the stone, the builders rejected is because, okay, what, what, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. So Jesus continues on. Therefore, I tell you that if, or excuse me, therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. Whoa. Yeah. So that's, um, got the roller coaster of emotions, super angry, wound up to feeling kind of dumb to feeling kind of hopeless, helpless and hopeless. Yeah, I mean, these people get it flipped around, right? So they're thinking like, we're the right people. We know justice. We know truth. We're going to stand up for it. And Jesus is like, no, this is going to be taken away from you. 
Then Jesus says, because Jesus is saying he's the cornerstone. Now, when you build like a house or a building, the most important stone that you lay is kind of that first layer of stones and the cornerstone. Typically, you may, you may even see this in some old architecture. They'll have a cornerstone that'll have like a symbolic name on it. It'll say, you know, the, the date that the building was built. Yeah. Um, and, and so the cornerstone is kind of like the, it's, it's the chief stone. It's the most important one. Um, it's the one that kind of sets the whole thing. So Jesus is like, he's the most important. He's telling people that that's him really. Yeah. And, and he says, anyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces. So if you trip over a stone, you might fall, right? Mm. That's bad. And then he also says, anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Yeah. So like, wow. this is kind of an epic thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If I was like some kind of a uh, UFC fighter uh, and I was, uh, my name would be the cornerstone. Um, <laughs> you know, this is like something you'd say, like anyone who falls over me will be broken to pieces. <laughs> right. Anyone who, and anyone who I fall will be crushed. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like channeling his like inner WWE uh, wrestler <laughs> voice here, I think. Yeah. You know, Cornerstone, it's interesting in, in Oceanside where I live, every sidewalk corner has an imprint on it of the company that laid the sidewalk and what year it was laid. Super mm. interesting. But all, all the corner, all the corners, the cornerstones. It, it is pretty neat when you start looking for these things and you see that even today, as you know, we're building buildings, we still think about cornerstones. So it's cool. Like when Jesus tells a parable, it's a little side note, but when Jesus tells a parable, a lot of the things in it are things that are still like 2000 years later, still make sense to us, right? which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so this whole, this whole passage definitely had an effect on the, the chief chief priests and the Pharisees, uh, because after Jesus explained very quickly that what the parable meant, it says in verse 45, the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus's parables and they knew what he was talking, knew he was talking about them. So now all of a sudden they're kind of shaking in their boots a little bit. Yeah. They're like, uh, this guy's gonna diss us in public using <laughs> our scriptures. Yeah. Um, like, no, that's not going to happen. And, and, so, and we're going to lose like our power. They probably weren't stoked on that. <laughs> and, you know, these guys originally, they had positive motivation, like good motive motives for what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So the chief priests, the Pharisees, a lot of their job was to keep uh, the people following God in the ways that God prescribed for them to follow him. And so that would be looking to the Torah, to the, to the law, keeping the law, keeping the commands. But what had happened is they'd been so like kind of overly into it that they'd created all these new laws. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they thought that the law was what could save them. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus comes in and, and he starts saying stuff that doesn't match up with what they're saying. Right. And when Jesus speaks harshly to anyone in scripture, it's, usually to the teachers of the, of the law. It's to them. It's to the ones who are supposed to be the good tenants. Yeah. And instead, they've become the bad tenants. Right. They should know better. And these people, what's funny is it wasn't the churchy people that started to understand and follow Jesus. It was just the crowds, right? Yeah. Because it says here, the people held that he was a prophet. So the people are like, that guy cured my cousin or, or that guy said something, you know, healed my, uh, my niece or, you know, I saw that guy 
you know, I ate bread that that guy like magically made appear out of nowhere. Like, like that guy's the guy, like he has this stuff figured out or, or it says that when he would teach, he didn't teach as the teachers of the law. He teaches as if he had, or he taught as if he had, um, he taught as if he had authority Yeah. and the teachers of the law apparently weren't teaching with authority. They were teaching with, uh, you know, authority that was based on them, not based on God's word. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was just different yeah. in all of this. Yeah. So it's cool to look at this story and to think, you know, whenever I read a parable, I usually like to place myself in it. And I usually like to make myself the best person in the parable. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one who like does the right thing or the one who like helps or the one who, you know, gets it. Yeah. Jesus straight out is like, don't you dare. Uh, yeah. Right. It's like, that's you. And yes, he is talking to the teachers and the Pharisees of the law, not necessarily the crowds, but the crowds too, you know, later on the crowds would deny him. The crowds would turn their back on him. Yeah. In fact, almost everyone would turn their back on him and Jesus would die kind of like that. You know, the, the very parable that he's mentioning, yep. uh, the very story he's mentioning of the son who was sent and would be killed. He's about to do that. That's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's further along, though. And that's all the time we have. So we, there you go. we will get that. Parable of the tenants. Yeah, there we go. Thanks for checking out today's devotional. Be sure to check back on Sunday because we will be going through the book of Philippians, continuing on with chapter four. So you won't want to miss that. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye.